Hello, and welcome to episode number 54 of the Power 5 podcast. My name is Kevin. Every week, we take a topic, and our panel ranks our top five of that particular topic. And on this episode, we're attempting to rank our top five 70s songs. Joining me, as always, is Brant, Christian, and Colin. We've also got a special guest joining us for the second time, local recording artist Mark Webb Jr. Gentlemen, welcome to the show, and Mark, welcome back. What's happening, guys? Yes, sir. Happy to be here. Happy to have Mark back on a very special episode as it is Kevin's coming out party. He is coming out old today as 40 <laughs> years old. How you feeling, Kevin? You got a couple extra gray hairs on the old noggin? Hey, you know what? People have asked me that all day today. What's it feel like to be 40? This is the only birthday. I've had 40 of them now. The only birthday <laughs> that I've actually contemplated the number of years that I actually am 40 just sounds old. And I know some of our listeners are over 40. Some are approaching 40. Some are a long ways away from 40, but 40 just sounds old. I feel like, you know, 18 wasn't too long ago. So I'm like, oh man, 40 years old, but yes. Well, Hey, it's an achievement. And what I will say is what's so great about this topic tonight, top five seventy songs is these are the songs you were jamming out to growing up. That's right. That's right. (laughs) Hey, I'm love, not great man. at math, but I'm assuming that's right. Caleb, you're only 40? <laughs> only 40. Yes. That's what I'm telling that's, everybody. <laughs> it's funny. You don't look a day over 39. So. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> it's the got to be hair gel, isn't it, Mark? Fine. That's what it is. <laughs> hey. <yeah. laughs> hey, I got a question for Brant. Brant, is the 70s the greatest decade of music? I mean, 70s and 80s and 90s, you throw them all in a pot, pick one out at random. I think it's probably, you can argue that it's the best. It's There's so many artists. I mean, it's deep. It's deep. It's deep, and I don't think it's playable. I mean, it's it's tough, man. I mean, there's just so many. 70s, 80s, 90s, it's like Brant said. I think if we do this episode again with the 80s and the 90s, we're going to be in the same boat, and I love that. I hope we do do it again. Mark, talk to us as a recording artist. Uh, you know, 70s have any kind of influence on your music? Yeah, it does. There's a lot of my favorite drum sounds sort of come from the 70s drums in the 70s were like really like warm sounding and so that that's a big part of it and then 60s 70s and 80s were really about like songwriting so there were still like songs that were like massive hits that were like good songs that were about like important things I guess not that my songs are about important things or any or, or whatever, but but that kind of plays a role, has played a big role in in like me as a songwriter is like not looking the easiest way out when you write a song. It's like you can write a good song that means something that's also catchy, you know. Let me ask you a question though. Was there country music in the seventies? Asking for a friend. Yes. Uh, okay. A very I don't know. important part of country music happened in the 70s. And it wow. was the outlaw, the outlaw movement. Waylon, Willie, Jesse. Uh-uh. Uh, now, now you're speaking uh, Colin's language. He just perked up a little yeah. bit out of his cover. <laughs> dude, <clears throat> dude, my dog's name's Jesse, Jesse Coulter, after Waylon Jennings' wife. 
That's awesome. And we had a we had a male dog. He he passed away a couple of years ago, and his name was Waylon Jennings. So you know, that's awesome. Love you know, it. Something Love something that I, I was thinking about as we were prepping for this, and and man, it is so difficult to come up with five songs for an entire decade. But it sure is fun trying to figure out what that is. I mean, you're just locked into a certain genre of music, and you're really just trying to listen and re-listen to songs and try to pick those five that you really want in your top five. But, you know, going into this episode and prep, you know, I don't know, probably two to three weeks ago, really, I thought that I would say that I, I like 80s music better. I still may like 80s music better, but I feel like 70s is an all-encompassing music for for everyone 80s has got that synthesizer keyboard electric sound that some people just may not be into but it doesn't matter what you're into mark just mentioned country which is not what you think about in the 70s but if if you're into that law country it's there the r&b the funk was amazing obviously the southern rock just the general rock the the pop sound you've got disco i mean it had everything in this genre in in this decade. Yeah, I mean, you you can even <laughs> go back to early seventies, like Simon and Garfunkel, "Bridge Over Troubled Water." That's a hymn. Like it literally sounds like a hymn, and it's one of the greatest songs of all time. Bob Dylan. I mean, it's so deep, man. It's so wide and and deep. It's a it's a crazy era for music, and it also feels to me like seventies music is like charting out on its own, like 80s and 90s music have the benefit of like the things that people were doing in the 70s. Like Mark was mentioning, like the the way that the drums kind of sounded. Well, like also I, I relate the 70s to keyboard, like just hard banging keys and just very unique music. Uh, I mean, it's, it's a great decade for music. I think what's great about it is like songs were going seven and eight minutes. Like it wasn't like we're making this for the radio. It was we're making this for an album for the listener. I mean, I've got a whole stack of vinyls over here. You guys would be pretty impressed. I mean, I got Fleetwood Mac. I got the Eagles. I got, you name it. My parents gave me all their vinyl and I'm going to go back through this bad boy after tonight. You know, it's funny. I was thinking about that very same thing, just the length of songs. There were definitely longer during that time, except for CCR. I swear, every one of CCR's <laughs> songs were two and a half minutes. What do you think about this, though? Just the vibe of the whole 70s scene, and it's just feel-good music. Like, people generally seem to enjoy what they were doing. They're happy about it. They felt like it was making a difference. If it wasn't, doesn't matter. We're still jamming out, having a good time. You know why, Kevin? We didn't have these. We didn't have cell phones and the internet and Steve Jobs. Amen, brother. I think it's definitely it's definitely safe to say that every artist was was storytelling. I mean, and they yeah, and, and then to boot with that, they were just writing incredible music as well. I mean, like I watched a documentary on Leonard Skinner a few weeks ago, and and they just were junkies for music they would literally get up at 7 a.m and play for like 13 hours straight and just start with a melody and then just by the end of the day they had played for 13 hours and they had perfected one song i mean just like that that is definitely different than what i feel like today's artists are doing hey i do feel like on a (laughs) 70s episode we recorded last week i i think before Meatloaf had passed away, but you know, Meatloaf, obviously iconic 
rock star, got to start in the 70s. A little bit before our time, obviously, maybe some of your parents were into them. I don't think my parents were, but man, just really hit it off. I saw the hit that I remember is I would do anything for love, but I wouldn't do that. Has anybody figured out what that was? What what would he not do for love? Christian, do you have any guesses on that? I don't think we can say it. I don't think we gotta have something. How about this? This is crazy, though. So Meatloaf's Bad Out of Hell was the number one album on Amazon uh, on their CD last and week? vinyl chart. Yeah, yeah, last week immediately went wow. number one. Also, <laughs> on the iTunes U.S. Top 4 songs all belong to Meatloaf five days ago. I'd Do Anything for Love, wow. Paradise by the Dashboard Light, Two Out of Three Ain't Bad, You Took the Words Right Out of My Mouth, Hot Summer Night. Yeah, so Meatloaf, you know, passed away, and then obviously people kind of, kind of started listening to him again. I guess last week. Anyways, obviously this episode's dropping January the thirty first. Want to wish our happy birthdays today, Justin Timberlake, JT turning forty years old, just like me. What's up? Shut up! Mm. You guys went to high schools together. I wish, man. Yeah, <laughs> I was part of NSYNC. I was that sixth member. You were in the sync when he was giving <laughs> you a swirly, right? <laughs> I don't think I feel confident, man. I don't think he could have picked me up back then. He was a little skinny guy. I was a little happy. That's true. He had a perm uh, as well, a permanent skinny guy with a with a ramen haircut. That's right. Yeah, ramen numerals. Hey, (laughs) Nolan Ryan turned seventy four. Whoa! Just Nolan Ryan still throwing three digits out there, striking people out, punching Robbie Ventura, just pounding people. What a great photo that is. Yeah. Bobby Moynihan turns 44. Christian, you a big Bobby Moynihan fan? You know, I was, actually. He's one of the last few funny fat people Saturday Night Live had, you know. Hey, this is a deep cut right here. I mean, only the hardcore Breaking Bad fans are probably going to know this. Maybe the better call Saul folks. Jonathan Banks turns 74. Whoa. 74. Yep, 74 years old. Marcus Mumford, 34 years old. And we're going to save the best happy birthday for last. And this is for Colin. I mean, listeners, have you picked up yet that Colin really hasn't been saying anything, hasn't really been contributing to the 70s conversation so far? Colin, this is for you, buddy. I'm serving this up on a silver platter. Tyler Hubbard of Florida Georgia Line turns 34 today. Would you like to sing happy birthday to him? You know, I know I was getting some FGL heat on the pod text thread earlier today. I mean, it, it's it's unwarranted. I accept Florida Georgia Line for what they are. That is a, a small corner of, of today's country music, uh, and I'm okay with that. What's his name again, Kevin? Tyler Hubbard. I How mean, y'all, y'all talk about Florida Georgia Line more than oh, I do. Oh, t Hub. Because we like them. They're great. They're like Simon and Garfunkel. Would George Jones like FGL? You know, that... Um... Yes, he would. <laughs> yes, he would. He, Confirmed. He, he, he would like to do a song with them because they'd bring him more money. If I have to say one thing positive about FGL, it's that they're a better artist than George Jones. Oh, my Ooh. gosh. <laughs> You know, he's just he's just trying to get me riled up now. You're just trying to get hits now, Brant. Would you say that they're better than Mumford and Sons? No way. I'm a big fan. Thank you. Thank you. 
Hey, I don't know if you realize this. Today <laughs> is backwards day. I don't know what you guys uh, think about that. It's the day backwards, but the backwards day, national backwards day, also national Brussels sprouts day. You know, I think I drafted those on our Thanksgiving episode while Colin was riding the meats. You know, we were all drafting sides <laughs> to go with a meat. Colin loves to take a couple of Brussels and a piece of meat and just go to town. 1970, January 31st, today in history, 1970, the number one hit. Any guesses on this? Jackson 5. American Pie. Nope. Uh, Jackson 5. Jackson Brown. I want, you back. I want uh, you back. Yeah. Hey, did Mark, you watch? sing it for us, baby. <laughs> I want you back. Um, oh, baby, give me <laughs> one more day. I'll do the bass for you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so my mom is, is like a massive, massive Michael Jackson fan. Like nice. She saw him in concert in the eighties. And yeah. I asked her, I said, How I was like, Oh, that's awesome. How was the show? And she's like, I don't remember. He came out and he moved and he did that little famous like <laughs> statue thing he does Come on. and she said she started crying oh my god cried the entire show so she was that one is of those. amazing <laughs> yeah i've seen some live video of him and these people are just passing out crying so she was one of those she was one of those dang man one of those people yeah it was the outer body experience so the moonwalk, it got just it. like when I went and saw Ryan Cabrera at the handlebar. <laughs> <laughs> you and I were the only two people there. That's true. That's hey, true. 1988, <laughs> January 31st, 1988, the Wonder Years premiered. You know, I was never a huge fan of the Wonder Years. Get out. Get out. A, Thank you. Me out. and Mark will will die on that hill. Winnie Cooper, shut up. Yeah. I figured you probably liked it just because it's Fred, ben Savage's brother, Fred Savage. Oh, absolutely. Anything in the Savage family, Fred, Ben, uh, Kevin, give me a macho man real quick. Can't say right Savage there. without a classic Miss Elizabeth clip. Yeah, let me tell you something. Now. We're going to go a little bit deep into the 70s music genre tonight. You know, Miss Elizabeth, she liked listening to some of that Dolly Parton stuff. <laughs> little Jolene. But let me tell you something. What I like to listen to, I like listening to a little hard rock, you know? I mean, we might get into Aerosmith. We might get into the Boston. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm dead. I'm oh, dead. Boy. Thank you. I don't Thank even know you. That's amazing. Right. <laughs> hey, go, going back to Michael Jackson, 1993, January 31st, 1993, he was the first solo performer at the Super Bowl. Colin, really? Is that the one where they took his shirt off? I don't know. Yeah, I'm sure it that was, was his sister. White T-shirt. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh my God. <laughs> and speaking of Justin Timberlake, happy birthday. You did that. You know what you did? Uh <laughs> It all comes full circle, people. Too easy. Silver platter stuff. Hey, hey, this is for Colin on a silver platter. Again, just for you, Colin. <laughs> January 31st, 2016, Grease Live aired on Fox. Colin, do you know who st starred in Grease Live? I do not. I'm going to go Julianne Huff. Hey, I think you knew that. Yes, Julianne Huff was the star. You're a big Huff guy, aren't you? I am. Yeah, Julianne Huff, Rachel McAdams, top two for Colin. Hey, <laughs> hey, and listen, we'll kind of close close on this. You know, 
two years ago, January 31st, 2020, Kobe passes away. I know Brant was a huge fan, Christian, huge fan. Can y'all believe yeah. that? Two years ago already. Feels longer. I mean, that was the start of one of the worst years in American history. So I don't, that's right. It's all yeah. a blur to me, honestly. It feels like an eternity ago, but I saw that on ESPN. I was like, dang, two years sounds about right. Rest in peace, tease in peace. It's not. It was it was disorienting, man. It's one of the few deaths that was like, wow, I can't I can't get my head around this one. Yeah. With his daughter and everything. It was just insane. Yeah. Let's go ahead and hop right into our rankings. Guys, we're gonna have some clips, obviously. I'm sure we're gonna have some commentary on all these songs as well. It's gonna be fun to see what everybody's going with. Um, but yeah, we're gonna rank our top five seventy songs. Christian, I got you leading off. Colin second, Mark third. I'm gonna go fourth, and Brant, I'm gonna do you a big solid, man, and let you go last. All right, fellas. Number five. All right, guys, we're talking about our top five 70 songs, The Impossible Task, as everybody has been talking about here. 1970s, what a great decade for music. Um, you know, other than Kevin, none of us really lived through that, but I think definitely, uh, you know, really just speaks to us as fans of music. This is the stuff our parents grew up with, stuff that really has inspired us today. And I'm going to hit you guys with my number five and a little bit about my criteria. I mean, you know, this was hard. I really sat down and thought about all the music from the seventies, uh, really kind of thought about the top bands or artists and then what song that I liked from them. So you may hear that in my picks here. So here we go, guys coming in at number five, Mr. Freddie Mercury himself, uh, T's and P's, the late great Freddie Mercury and the band Queen. The song is Bohemian Rhapsody. I see a little silhouette of a man. Scaramouche, Scaramouche, will you do the bandango? Thunderbolt and lightning, very, very frightening me. Galileo, 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 Galileo from 1975 the album was a night at the opera i mean you guys know queen i mean the songs like we will rock you and we are the champions i mean so many good songs little fat bottom girls but i had to go with bohemian rhapsody i don't know if you guys saw the movie wayne's world in the early 90s the scene with wayne and garth in the car i think that's i was very young probably like four or five years old when that came out and just remember that song and getting a cassette tape of bohemian rhapsody the single and and playing that in my little tape player growing up so coming in at number five it is queen with bohemian rhapsody to kick things off fellas banger pick definitely definitely deserves its spot in the top five i mean it's one of those iconic songs i think most people know it but but does it have to be in the top five we will we will see but i definitely love that tune thank you all right, so just kind of getting into criteria before we dive into this list, I did not include country songs. Um, that is way more so my wheelhouse. When it comes to 70s songs, there is probably a significant amount that um, I, I, I would know, but I'm probably the least musically versed person on the podcast. So, I, you know, I stuck to things that I very much new i did some i did do some research to try to like see what i could come up with maybe added one or two that i would not have initially thought of but a lot of my songs are nostalgic for one reason or another 
you know, and so I'll, I'll dive right into it at number five for me uh, off the Pendulum album released in 1971. Have you ever seen the rain? CCR number five. Spot on for Colin. I knew that was coming. It just looks like that song would be playing in a movie that you're starring in, wearing a Letterman's jacket from TR. As you're walking down the hallways, pushing nerds into lockers, you get in your classic Chevy, girl on the side. I love it. Love the pick. Is that was that on Forrest Gump soundtrack? Y'all know they there was a CC. It was Forrest Gump, or was it Remember the Titans? Or I, I feel like it was on all those. I don't know. Yeah, CCR showed up on all those for sure. Great song. Yeah, the boy Colin. There you go. Well. Yeah, you up, man. For me, I I tried to look at music as so impossible because it's all, I guess, relative or, or whatever. So I tried to just look at the overall, what we talked about earlier as far as like songwriting and songs that have that power that just sort of sticks around and is a timeless song and uh, so that's kind of going to be what my list is going to be it's also not going to work that Christian and I are both on this episode together because <laughs> we're we're one and the same we and are so we share the same body my number five is also Queen's Bohemian Rhapsody shut up um, A Night of the Opera is one of my all-time favorite albums. I've listened to that album front to back so many times, but that song is just a perfect song for an album titled A Night of the Opera. And then (laughs) plus being the Wayne's World kids, we were growing up in the 90s. Anytime anytime I hear this song, I have to bang my head. I have to do a little bit of head banging. So that's my number five, Bohemian Rhapsody queen great pick mark i wouldn't have it any other way (laughs) (laughs) definitely not surprised that that's that's a a repeat may may not be the only person with that tonight we'll see all right here we go my criteria is just simply this you know i tend to lean on the rock side of things anytime we're looking at all genres but music to me i never pay attention so much to the music i mean excuse me the lyrics and what it's about and all that sort of stuff that's not necessarily how emotionally evolved i get with the song it's more of just man does it make me happy am i bobbing my head to it am i does it fire me up does it excite me do i want to listen to it over and over again and um when i used to teach This was a song that was on the playlist quite often as students would come into my room or as they would exit. Like this song was was on my Spotify playlist quite often. And it may come as a as a surprise. But number five for me is coming off the Born to Run Bruce Springsteen album 1975. And that is the title track Born to Run.
charted as high as number 23 in the U.S., as high as number 16 in the U.K. He actually played it for the first time back in 1974. Bruce Springsteen was opening for Bonnie Raitt in New York, played it. Bonnie Raitt's manager heard it and said, this is the future of rock and roll because he liked the song so much. He wrote this when he was 24 years old. You know, the song's changed quite a bit over time. It still is kind of kind of evolving a little bit. It's now become like more of a, an acoustic live performance. Um, I did see it's normal. I've never seen Bruce Springsteen live, but it's generally played in his encore what a song. I love it. Number five, Born to Run, Bruce Springsteen. Great pick. Solid pick. Uh, Dilworth and I, Mr. John Dilworth, fan of the pod, pod friend, Potter and family. We actually went to a concert, saw him. And again, this guy, he's what, 70 something years old, rocks out to full albums and then still does the encore with Born to Run and, and some of his classics, you know, but that's a great, great song, Kevin. Love that. It's almost like a coming of age song. Like you kind of, I can see you driving down the road in a Pontiac Firebird, just windows down, hair blowing in the wind, listening to that. It's a great song, man. Love it. Boom. I like it, Kevin. All right. Um, coming in number five. So a little criteria wise for me, I, I would just share coming up with my list around last Thursday or so, there was just an acceptance that this is an ever evolving list or revolving, I should say. You're never going to get all of the songs that you want. You just have to accept it. Go with the five that, you know, are really hitting hard right now. And it could be different tomorrow. So there was just an acceptance of that. So um, this is truly an impossible list, just like it was with the eighties list. But Coming in number five is Night Moves by Bob Seger and the Silver Bullet Band. I was a little too tall, could have used a few pounds. Tight pants, points, hollering down. She was a blackhead beauty with big dark eyes. And points all her own, sudden way up high. Cornfields when the woods got heavy Out in the back seat of my 60 Chevy Working on mysteries without any clues Working on our night moves Trying to make some front page driving news Working on our night moves One of my favorite songs of Bob Seger's um, is Night Moves. And just a little bit of background about this song. So he basically he, he was really into Chris Christopherson and the descriptive imagery that Chris Christopherson used. So he was kind of inspired by me and Bobby McGee, which I thought was a really cool uh, story. He actually started writing this song after he left the movie American Graffiti in 1973. Basically, Seeger said that, you know, after seeing that movie, you know, I also have a story to tell and, you know, just how it was growing up in my neck of the woods. Um, there was an article that came out in 1996 uh, that claimed that Seeger went to an A&W drive-in 
and sat there and, and wrote the first part of this song. So coming to number five, Night Moves by Bob Seger and the Silver Bullet Band. Wow, working on the night moves. Speaking of that, I think a few of you guys on the pod, you know, hashtag Power Five Pod After Dark, been working on the night moves. Am I right? Hey, I'll tell you this, Brent. My <laughs> my dad is going to be excited to hear Bob Seger make a list because Bob Seger made my dad's list. He sent that out earlier. Listen, man, Bob Seger, classic, <laughs> so good, great song, love the pick. Awesome, great All right. pick. Number four. All right, guys, coming in at number four here. We're going to slow things down a little bit. Uh, We're going to kick it up here with the piano man himself. I hope this guy makes nobody else's list. I want this to be obscure. Um, It is none other than Billy Joel. Uh, And this song, if you haven't heard it, I challenge you to go listen to it, preferably not with your kids around. But it's from the 1973 album Piano Man. The song is Captain Jack. cool thing about this song if you haven't heard it you probably haven't because if you've even seen him live he only plays it in philadelphia and being a guy from pennsylvania myself i can appreciate that um the song is a nice diddly about heroin and it is an amazing song you wouldn't know that i bet most of you when you think billy joel you think like doo-wop you know you think like 80s 90s joel like do you remember like it's, uh, it's not it guys captain jack will get you high tonight an amazing amazing song Billy Joel himself, he had hair back in the 70s. Now he's a bald little dweeb. But go check him out. Check out the Piano Man album coming in at number four. It is Captain Jack. Has anyone heard the track, fellas? Never heard it. Don't believe. Mark has. Listen, go listen to it. I swear to you. I've listened to it about eight times since you told us to make this list. My dad introduced it to me a couple years back on a road trip to Charlotte to see the Sixers play the Hornets, which crazy enough, he only plays that song in Philadelphia. You heard it here first, folks. Interesting pick there, CG. (laughs) That's why I'm here, folks. (laughs) All right. Uh, Coming in at number four for me, I was a big fan of this song pre the event I'm about to mention, but I got to experience pod listener Tyler Burdon just go to another level at a wedding reception to the song one night. And it's been a favorite since then off the 1975 or released in 1975 off the self-titled album, Casey and the sunshine band. I'm going boogie shoes at number four. All right. Love that track. I would love to see Tyler Burdine go to town with some boogie shoes. I mean, it was a fantastic performance. Okay. Isn't that also Trick Daddy's song? Take it to the house. Take it to the house. (laughs) 
no, no but no but when yes. you just did your billy joel do you remember I, I thought that was a line from a michael jackson song do you remember? I, was gonna, I was gonna say that or was it do you remember the 21st of oh, september no spoilers no spoilers <laughs> it was actually from Step Brothers when Horatio Sands is like doing Billy Joel covers, and the guy's like, "Hey, play Uptown Girl." He's like, "Listen, sir, we're only doing '80s doo-wop Joel." <laughs> <laughs> well, for me, number four is going to be by the greatest band in the world. Is one of their last two singles released, 1970, "Let It Be" by the Beatles. anyone who says that the Beatles are not the greatest band of all time. But Paul McCartney oh, wrote, <coughs> wrote this song, wrote this song um, during a time like as the Beatles were on their way to break up and uh, he had a dream about his mom. And uh, so the line, Mother Mary comes to me speaking words of wisdom, let it be, is about his mother. It's not about the Virgin Mary. A nice little nugget there. Let it be by the greatest band in the world. I repeat, the greatest band of all time. The Beatles. You heard it here first, folks. Hey, I'm pretty, you know, Pearl Jam does cover some Beatles, but it, I don't think they've covered Let It Be. And, you know, you keep mentioning the greatest band in the world. So, I mean, that's what we're talking about here, right? Pearl Jam. I mean, I've, ne- I've never heard, I've never heard the Beatles cover Pearl Jam. They so. would though. They would. <laughs> <laughs> they would. I prefer Grape Jam, but whatever. All right. Hey, listen, Obviously, I'm in the minority on this in, in regards to my lack of affection for the Beatles. Um, but, hey, a lot of people do love the Beatles. So, there we go. Iconic band in the in the 60s and the 70s. So, there we go. Number four, let it be. All right, coming in at number four for me, this might be a little bit of a chalk pick. But, again, this is just going to the emotional side of of things that man this song just makes me feel good i don't ever skip it i get fired up when it comes on i love it i sing right along to it here we go the 1974 track from second helping we got sweet home alabama by skinner Skinner's from Alabama. They're not. They're from Jacksonville, Florida. But here we go. Hey, FGL, Colin, for you. Um, anyways, Sweet Home Alabama charted as high as number eight in the U.S., number 21 in the U.K. You know, ironically enough, the reason why it charted so high in the U.K. was back in 2008, Kid Rock actually dropped the song name in one of his songs. I can't remember what it was. But anyways, I guess Kid Rock kind of sp- Heard a little bit of a, a push for Sweet Home Alabama in, in the UK. But Neil Young was in the, the news this week, obviously. He, he doesn't like that Spotify carries Joe Rogan's podcast, and who knows how that's going to end up. But 
apparently Sweet Home Alabama was a is a little a little dispute, a little response to one of Neil Young's songs back in the 70s. But what what most people don't realize is that Ronnie Van Zant and Neil Young were actually friends and they both enjoyed each other's music. And Ronnie Van Zant often wore Neil Young t-shirts and Neil Young actually sang Sweet Home Alabama at a Leonard Skinner tribute show one time. So um, even though they kind of pick at each other back and forth, apparently through their music, I guess they were boys a little bit. Now, this is a nugget that's interesting. It's the only song that Leonard Skinner uses female backup singers they never met them. The female backup singer sang it at another studio. They obviously mixed it in. Leonard Skinner never met those guys. How about that? Wow. Neil Young, what a classic I, class act. Can I give you another little nugget about that song? I love it. Bring it. So the there was a song called Alabama and Southern Man by Neil Young that Skinner was like, what the heck, dude? So in Skinner's song, uh, when they say, I heard Mr. Mr. Young sing about her, they're like manager or something. If you listen closely, you can hear him say, Southern man, as oh, like wow. making fun of Neil Young. And I never, so, when, he, when you said that now, like Neil, what? That's crazy. Mr. Like, Young. So ne- next time you listen to the song, see if you can hear it. And every time now I can hear it. And I'm like, oh, there it is. And at the beginning, if you listen closely, you hear, turn it up. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great little nugget right there. That's I, a dry nug. On, uh, on Neil. I mean, it was such a clown. He's in the news right now. So Spotify is going to lose about two or $300 a month with taking his music off. So That's a, I'm that's sure it. they'll be hurting. <laughs> All right. Coming in at number four for me, man, this band is, is great. I, I was down to two songs. I ended up going with one over the other, but it was a difficult decision, but I had to have this band be represented on my list. So coming in at number four for me is Dreams by Fleetwood Mac. coin flip between the chain and dreams both great songs but a little bit of about this song so a couple of bandmates were going through a long time divorce or you know long i think stevie nicks was in an eight-year relationship with somebody and they had just recently separated so and dreams is a really upbeat kind of dance type song feel good song but if you look at the lyrics it's really about like regret for missing somebody you know like you wanted freedom well here you go like deal with the regret that you're going to have later so uh steve I, i read that stevie nicks took They had some downtime in the studio. Stevie Nicks took a small keyboard to her room, sat down on a bed, and wrote dreams in 10 minutes. 
which is just crazy to me because here we are, you know, 50 plus years later and it's still, I mean, you know, just in 2020, um, it, it came up again when a, a viral TikTok video, you know, I, I was so glad about that because now 15 and 16 year olds are hearing really great music, but I mean, it, it just it exploded again. I was glad to see it, but so coming to number four, Dreams by Fleetwood Mac. Amazing song. It will be back, I bet. You know, this is so fun because it's like an Eric Church or Garth Brooks or Pearl Jam or Bruce Springsteen. These people that throw on these in these super long shows and you just can't wait to see what song's coming up next. That's the fun of it. Like, what is Christian going to pull out for number three? I mean, Captain Jack came in at number four, you know. I love this. Surprise. Surprise, surprise. Number three. All right, guys, coming in at number three. Okay, this is where we're starting to creep towards the 80s. And I actually thought this song was an 80s song. That goes to show you that you got to do your research. Uh, They say that this genre is kind of new wave, which to me is more 80s style, which is where rock was going. But this song to me is iconic. It's a classic. Fall Out Boy even did a cover several years back. But this is none other than The Police. You know, I always like to say Back the Blue. It is Roxanne from 1978. Orlando's Di Amor. The single itself uh, came out in 1978. The album in November. Roxanne. I mean, everybody knows Sting. You know the police. I mean, this song still hits today, man. I mean, tell me you don't recognize that riff when the song comes on. Uh, man, I, I couldn't have a list without the police on it. And if I did a another list again, I'd probably have them on there all five times. So uh, give me the police and Roxanne coming in at number three. I like that pick. I like it, CG. Yeah, I did too. Uh, That's off the grid. I didn't realize that was a 1978 song because it's just got that 80s feel to it. But, man, that's a good good pick. Surprise. All right, coming in at number three for me, I'll be anxious to kind of see the pod's reaction to this. Uh, Again, coming from from somebody that's not super versed across, uh, across music. But I'm going with the 1971 release of American Pie. It's a song, you know, that is is probably even, you know, deeper than I can grasp. I know there's a lot of cultural undertones in it, but man, I mean, you just know when you listen to it, that it's a song that, that is written to mean something, you know, to whoever wrote it. 
and just always like that. I mean, it, there's, there's some serious nostalgia with that, you know, as you just think back over, over the decades and things like that. So American pot number three. Yeah, that's a good pick, Colin. I feel like it had to make the list. I mean, you know, when I think of it, I think of you as a young Jason Biggs, <laughs> American Pie. Am I right? Well, a, little, a, a, a tidbit about that song is the day the music died, which is a real event when uh, Buddy Holly and Richie Valens and Big Bopper died in their the plane crash. It's a reference to that. That's what the day the music died. Oh, that's references. right. And uh, Waylon Jennings was supposed to be on that plane because he played bass for Buddy Holly at the time. He that's wasn't right. on the plane because of a coin toss. Well, number three for me is Lean on Me by Mr. Some Bill Withers. Times in our lives, we all have pain, we all have another song that just stands the test of time a very simple song i love the freaking hand claps in that song and it's just a positive uplifting song and i know that each one of you guys and everybody listening to this podcast whenever they hear that song it you can't not sing along and um so it's from his 1972 album still bill <laughs> which is a great album title, but lean on me. Hey, nice pick. You're right. It stands the test of time. That is so true for that song. All right. Coming in at number three, we've got the 1978 tunes by journey called lights. lights every time it comes on man i just jam right along to it saying it here's some here's here's you some weird facts well first of all it only charted at number 68 at this point in time this was off journey's third album called infinity their first two albums were flops they didn't have any hits and then um lights comes out and it was steve perry's first track okay so he auditioned for journey their their original front man whoever that was he was gone at this point in time so journey's manager heard steve perry audition it was like 15 seconds audition he's like man you're you're it you're the guy so steve perry sits down this song was recorded in los angeles you know when the lights go down in the city when the sun shines on the bay the original lyrics was when the sun shines on la the song was written 
for Los Angeles, but they didn't like the way it sounded with LA. And so they changed it to the Bay. And so everything's about San Francisco in there, which is a unique, unique little uh, nugget. Didn't realize that. They knocked this out. Brant, not quite 10 minutes, but they knocked out lights in 20 minutes. Just wow. ba- just banged it out real quick. Heck of a heck of a song. I love it. It's just a feel good tune. Journey number three lights. Great song. You know, it's funny. I was talking to my dad. He was born in 59. So, you know, it was his high school, college years and stuff, you know, in Journey in the late 70s, early 80s. He was like, yeah, Journey, you know, don't stop believing. I was like, dad, that's an 80s song. So it's interesting. Some of these bands like Lights, Any Way You Want It from Journey were 70 songs, but Don't Stop Believing didn't come out until like the early 80s. So, yeah, some of these bands that kind of ruled through a couple decades. Good pick there, Kev. Yeah, I like it. like it. All right, coming in number three for me, man, this song, it's its really about the first 30 seconds of the song that does it for me. It's power. I mean, he, just his vocals are just powerful. If we play a clip, it'll be the first, you know, little bit. But it is Don't Stop Me Now by Queen. I'm gonna have myself a real good time. I feel alive. Freddie Mercury in this song is just unreal. Like he's just powerful. He's, he's, I mean, I think you can make a decent argument that he's the most talented person or, you know, artist to ever live. I mean, I, I don't know if I would personally say that, but he, you just can't argue his talent. He's powerful. He's just, he's got range for days. Um, So Freddie Mercury actually wrote this song. It goes all over the place. It's like jazz. It, it's upbeat in places and just really just comes out of the gate, just very powerful. So I had to, I had to put it on one of my favorite Queen songs of, you know, you could probably put two dozen Queen songs in your list of favorites, but um, this one made the list for me. So Don't Stop Me Now by Queen coming in number three. Love that song. You know, love Freddie Mercury. I mean, you think about all the different hits this guy had, and then he has a whole album that could basically be any, like, athletic stadium soundtrack i mean like growing up we probably were first introduced to him through like songs like we are the champions and we will rock you from like mighty ducks and all these kids movies and then you start like we talked about wayne's world and bohemian rhapsody and then you start digging a little deeper into the discography there and you hear those kind of songs like don't stop me now i mean what a good song i mean so many good songs there love that pick yeah man you know, the one Queen song you guys have, have failed to mention, and, man, it was right on the cut list. I know it's not my turn yet, and we'll probably talk about our cut list songs, but while we're talking about Queen, I felt bad about not including Bohemian Rhapsody. I felt really bad about not including Somebody to Love, which was my favorite Queen song, but it doesn't, it doesn't matter. What about Fat Bottom Girl? I mean – I'm with you, Kevin. I love that song. Ah, it's incredible, man, but I just couldn't, couldn't fit it in somewhere. Number two. Well, you know what they say, hold me closer. Tony Danza coming in at number two is 
Fleetwood Mac with Dreams from 1977. I just want to do a little play on words. I got nothing else to say. Brant kind of took the bit about the, the roller skater on TikTok, bringing it back up. But I mean, what a great song. Stevie Nicks, Edge of 17, probably like Edge of 77 now, but whatever. Great, great classic Fleetwood Mac. They don't make anything other than hits. Would love to see them together again. Are they together? I don't know. But give me dreams, man. Thunder only happens when it's raining. I mean, yeah, she wrote that in 10 minutes in her bedroom. Give me a keyboard. I couldn't. Number two, Fleetwood Mac, dreams. Good stuff, Christian. Number two for me could be a little off the grid here, maybe, for this crowd. We'll see. Going with the 1976 Wild Cherry play that funky music. I just, I just remember as a kid, man, my dad playing all the time, you know, when we were young and just have good memories of that. So it had to make the list and it was definitely going to be top three landed at number two. And I feel like it was directed at you, white boy. Could have been. Can we get a line? Can we get like a committed line of that song? I'm not sure how it goes. Colin. Don't even sing it. Just read it in your you narrator cannot. voice. You cannot, Kevin. Lay down the boogie and play that funky music <laughs> till you die. Hey! Thank you, Colin, folks. So, number two for me is possibly, possibly my favorite songwriter and one of the one of the greatest bands from Gainesville, Florida. Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, "American Girl." freaking go fellas can we talk about how amazing the song is oh yeah oh. all <laughs> right, right. <laughs> <laughs> it just feels so good it was from their like 1977 subtitle for their debut album could you imagine your debut album having american girl on it like where do you where do you oh, go yeah. from there and then the breakdown up break from there break, breakdown was on there but um, just I love the guitars in the song. Mike Campbell, who was the lead guitarist for Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, is like the perfect guitarist for uh, to complement a songwriter like Tom Petty was. So American Girl, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, number two. Love it. Great pick. I feel bad they're not on my list, but Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, man. T's and P's, one of the Goat bands of all time. Heck of a pick there. Love me some Tom Petty. All right, my number two pick, 
coming off the self-titled album called Boston. Here we go. We got number two, More Than a Feeling from Boston. Seventy-six charted as high as number five in the U.S., twenty-two in the U.K. How about this, guys? I don't know if you realize this, but Nirvana would open up "Smells Like Teen Spirit" with the first couple chords of "More Than a Feeling." Man, this song—I thought it was going to be my number one song going in before I started listening to everything and just really kind of reconnecting with a lot of this music. But I have loved more than a feeling for such a long time, guys. I don't know if you realize this. It was the number, it was the the largest first album in history at 17 million. Boston sold 17 million copies of this album. It was overtaken by Guns N' Roses' Appetite for Destruction. Um, it was recorded mostly in a basement due to some union stuff that Boston just didn't like. And they're like, you know, the heck with this. We're, we're going to record this in our basement and figure it out from there. Here, here's your little political thing. Boston is not a political band. They don't really endorse anybody. You know, they've not played at any of these benefits or these fundraisers for all of these different presidential candidates. However, Mike Huckabee played this song in the 08 campaign when he was running against President Obama and Boston actually sent a letter to him and asked him to stop playing their song because they did not endorse him. But man, I love more than a feeling heck of a rock song. Give me more of that. Love it. Number two. My dad is going to love this episode because when I said we're doing top five seventy songs, Boston was one of the first things that came out of his mouth. And the second he threw up because he was feeling under the weather. But what's funny about it is is only in the seventies. Could you just name your band after like a random city or state? Like, Hey, what should we call ourselves? Boston. Hey, what should we call ourselves? Kansas. Hey, what should we call ourselves? Hotel California. I mean, there's just so many just random things about the seventies that could only happen in the seventies. And you know, what's funny about more than a feeling is that's the song Kevin plays every morning when he puts on his denim shirt. Sorry, not sorry. You can call Kevin out on this denim hey, shirt anytime call, you hey, want. Call me out. Lots of good men <laughs> wear the denim shirts. Lots of good men. All right, coming in number two for me. It is off there, the band's second album, 1974, called Second Helping. It is Leonard Skinner's The Ballad of Curtis Lowe. Skinner had to be on my top five in some way, shape, or form. A unique 
fact about this song, they only at the original band with Ronnie Van Zant before the plane crash, they were only able to play the song live one time. And which, which is crazy to think about because it's on all their uh, greatest hits albums and just their essential lists. I mean, they're, they're, it's, it's on any Leonard Skinner album list that you pull up. So uh, it's just a, just a great song. So coming to number two, the ballad of Curtis Lowe by Leonard Skinner. Number one. All right, guys. Well, we said it was impossible, but we all had to do it. We had to pick five songs from the seventies and I couldn't get out of the seventies without my number one band here. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. It is the Eagles. It is hotel California from 1976. And the cool thing about the Eagles, as most of you are fans, you know that they have different vocalists for different songs. And so I am a huge, huge Don Henley guy. And so he was the main vocals on this track hotel california loved henley's solo stuff in the early 80s as well i mean you think of all the tracks they did but none more iconic than this track um, that is over you know six and a half minutes long it is telling a story it is the classic ominous guitar you hear where you check in but you might not get to leave i mean the hotel california i grew up with my parents listening to this in the car in the 90s and so it just kind of brings back memories, nostalgia for me. When I went in my head to the 70s, I might not have had as hard of a time as you guys because these bands and these artists just kind of came to me and I wrote them down. And if I was going to try another one, they had to top those five. And so for me, the Eagles, there was no other way around at Hotel California coming in at number one. Hey, did anybody buy some Eagles tickets? You know, they went on sale today. Can't do it. Not without did not. Mark, we mentioned this on the thread, man. The the range at the well was one thirty for the nosebleeds back row to seven fifty for some floor seats. How about that? Yeah, I uh, yeah, nobody's worth that. Sorry, Morgan Wallen, maybe, but <laughs> Eagles. That is steep, man. Super steep. I love Morgan, but he needs to rethink his ticket sales too. Seriously, man, I like the Rock at Home albums live on Vimeo. exactly all right coming in at number one this one is going to be a uh may generate some reaction i'm prepared for that i don't think it will surprise christian 1970 release king harvest dancing in the moonlight number one Colin is the guy at every wedding that's like dancing to the song with somebody. I don't mind. I don't know who it is. That's a fun song, man. King Arthur. How does it go, Colin? It is. I mean, that's a deep cut. I like it. 
There I mean, I, all right. I, mean, I, I thought you were going Rock Lobster by the B-52s. That's where I really thought you were going. I mean, I know you <laughs> love seafood. I know you love, you know, Maine. That's where I thought you were going. Didn't make the list, Kevin. All right. My number one is by Mr. or Sir Elton John, Tiny Dancer. On the close Tiny Yes. Uh, from his 1971 album, Madman Across the Water. Uh, the song was released in 1972. And uh, Elton John, brilliant, brilliant singer, brilliant uh, musician, but he didn't write a lot of his lyrics. Uh, he had like a partner and a songwriter partner in crime, is Bernie Taupin. I don't know. I'm sure my ignorance. I don't know. I believe it's I, Benny, actually. Benny. Benny. No, <laughs> <laughs> he has jet. It's Benny Jet. That's it. That's it. But uh, Benny the Jet Smith. Tiny, Tiny Dancer. Uh, when I was a kid, I definitely misheard uh, a lot of these lyrics. But my favorite part is in the pre-chorus, where where the drums and everything sort of slows down, and then they speed back up. Little. Side note about this song, there was it was a single, but there was never a music video for it. So in 2017, they finally released the video for it. I think they did like a competition for what would be the music video. And it's like a bunch of people driving around LA. And um, famous musician is in the music video, Mr. Marilyn Manson. What? Yeah. But number one for me is Tiny Dancer, Elton John. Released in 1972 as a single, but uh, from his 1971 album, Mad Man Across the Water. Yeah, that was Sir the Elton John. Yeah, that was the opening song to Who's the Boss, right? Starring, <laughs> starring Tony Danza. Hold me closer, Tony Danza. That's right. All right, here we go. Number one, man, this is quintessential 70s. The vibe, the sound, the look. If you go back and watch some of these old school 70s videos, man, especially the live stuff, it is so good. It just looks exactly the way it sounds. Here we go. Coming in at number one, we got the Doobie Brothers. Listen to the music. the Toulouse Street album, which happened to be their third album, came out in 1972, charted as high as number 11 in the U.S., number 29 in the U.K. This actually got played at the 2014 CMAs. Blake Shelton, Hillary Scott, Jennifer Nettles, Hunter Hayes joined in with the Doobie Brothers. Those guys are still doing a lot of stuff on YouTube, still doing a lot of benefit concerts. 
Tom Johnston talked about how he wrote this song about two or three in the morning, you know, something similar to Leonard Skinner brand, I guess. I mean, these guys just staying up all night, just playing music, right. Just addicted to it. Just don't know what else to do other than do that. What y'all want to do? Oh, well, let's just play some music. Right. I mean, that's what we do. And so he comes up with these chords, puts them together two or three in the morning, calls his manager, plays it over the phone. The manager's like, yeah, whatever, whatever. And here we go. We got their big hit. I'll tell you something unique. I knew they played with two drummers in the mid eighties. Did y'all realize they actually played with three drummers for a time? I mean, three drummers. I've never heard of that before. All right. Coming in at number one for me, I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and do an audible because it, it was uh, hotel California at number one. It was uh, Eagles all day. I told, I told everyone earlier that I had whittled my Eagles list down to seven songs and it was going to be Hotel California, but it's the Eagles. You can throw any of these songs right in at number one. So I'm just going to go with Take It Easy at number one. I think this was my first CD that I ever had. It's the 1994 live album, Hell Freezes Over. I found this album when I was like 11 or 12 years old. I absolutely wore it out. I mean, that's like the famous, like, Glenn, you know, we never broke up. We just took a 14-year vacation. And it was it's all <laughs> things, all their greatest hits on this album. I mean, I, I, I wore it out when I would listen to it all the way through and then I would start it right back over at number one and listen to it all the way through again. Years worth of nights listening to this album uh, with my headset and my little CD player as a little punk 12 year old. Uh, so I, I had to go. I had to do a tribute to them. Number one, Take It Easy by the Eagles. You can't go wrong with any of the Eagles picks. And I like you brought that up. Hell freezes over 94. That must be why I remember in the 90s, my parents had that album. But in their stack of vinyl, I have the 1976, whatever, Hotel California vinyl too. So pretty sweet, man. Can't beat it. Love the Eagles. Yeah, I love yeah, I love Take It Easy. That would have been either my sixth or my seventh pick, Brent. Um, just barely missed the cut, but golly, love that song. Eagles, iconic 70s band, so deservedly in that top five. I'm surprised that no one said Led Zeppelin. Pretty it was easy. close, man. He was on my cutting room floor. You know, to me, I think of Zeppelin as very early 70s. And I guess, I don't know, like, I'm not as – I'm a little more mad at myself for not having like a pink Floyd or a Rolling Stones or, you know, a Kansas or maybe a little afternoon delight. I just wanted to say that. Yeah. Led Zeppelin. I listened through, you know, I like, I like Zeppelin. I like him a lot. Uh, Ramble on stairway to heaven's probably my top two, but. Um, Immigrant song. But Christian said something earlier, you know, you got these bands in your mind, you try to go outside the box of those, and it's hard to beat those that are already just ingrained in in your mind and in your soul and I kind agree. of what you, what you grew up on, you know, but 
Missing the cut, you know, Branch, you texted me today about Bob O'Reilly by The Who. Definitely love that song, but if Pearl Jam doesn't cover that song, do I love it as much? I probably yeah, don't, but it's I a agree. it's a great song. But Boston's Peace of Mind, I love that. I love the Doobie Brothers' China Grove. Yeah. Um, Aerosmith's Sweet Emotion. Aerosmith, yeah. Can, Dude, I, I, I can, I mean, I was considering that, just that whole vibe. Um, and then Queen, somebody to love. I really thought that. And don't forget Layla. What a just banger Layla. intro. Banger. I love yeah. that. I don't like the way it finishes. That's probably why it didn't make make my top five. But golly, so good. What about two rock classics? One that I've definitely karaoke. Kansas, Carry On, My Wayward Son, yeah. and Blue Oyster Cult with the more cowbell, Don't Fear the Reaper. It's like they're definitely like those yeah. hits. I wouldn't yeah. say like front to back albums, but definitely there are some songs that stick out to you that stand the test of time. The Man and Me, Bob Dylan, that was like six or seven. I had to mm. chop it. I mean, just that's a good song. So many, so many good songs out there. And what movie do you think of every time you hear that song? Oh, man, no doubt about it. No doubt about Jerry it. Jerry Maguire. The Big Lebowski. The Big Lebowski, bro. <laughs> Jerry Maguire. <laughs> hey, I don't know. I had a good time doing this. I love the music episodes. You know, I think we're going to try to shoot for a music episode at least once a month. They're fun. I think we all enjoy doing those. Colin, we've got love songs and classic country coming your way, buddy. We can do Disney princess, <laughs> princess songs. I know you might be familiar with those. I mean, that's um, more your lane. Hey, hey, if we want to do it, we can. Moana's probably taking the top five. Just throwing that out there. Soundtrack's pretty solid. <laughs> Whatever hey, Mark, we love you, buddy. We appreciate you staying with us the whole episode, man. We had fun. Hope you did. Kevin, you know what oh, I always like to say? <laughs> Thank y'all for having me. This was so much fun. Yeah, brother. You hey, yes, sir. Enjoy hey. it. We appreciate it. Episode 55 next week. Deuces. Say goodnight, Kevin. Kevin.